you'll turn in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. <clears throat> Isaiah is almost right in the middle of the Bible. <laughs> and, uh, oh man, uh, Isaiah is probably one of the greatest um, of, of the prophets in my book. And I think he, um, he has a great writing here. Um, you know, it's interesting, some interesting facts about Isaiah is that there are 66 chapters in Isaiah and there are 66 books in the canon of Scripture. Uh, the first 39 chapters, um, you know, that's all about uh, God and, and uh, the great hope uh, and, and, and His judgment. And then the last uh, 27 chapters are all about uh, the Messiah. His coming as a suffering servant and then later on as a divine warrior. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, which is all about the Messiah. So Isaiah is, is very interesting in that way. It, it's just like it covers the whole Bible here in, in this prophecy. And I don't know if that was intentional, but that's the way it ended up. And uh, I think uh, God, God superintends all, all things, and He intends these, these things to happen. So anyway, um, Isaiah chapter uh, 40, beginning at verse 27. It says this, Why do you say, O Jacob... And speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths will faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. You know, life really is a series of weariness. And, and, and the longer that we live, you know, the more weary we, we tend to become. Um, the, the ravages of time and, and of age and of our um, eventual, you know, decay as we, as we move towards, um, you know, older and older age, the, the, the more susceptible we come to, to sicknesses and disease and those kinds of things. And it's, it's kind of hard to go through life um, because of those things. And then also, not just our own health, but, but, but losing other people, grieving other people. Uh, we, we do suffer quite a bit in this life. And um, th this kind of season, when families are gathering, it's, it's hard. Um, especially when we're missing loved ones uh, being there. It's, it's difficult. But I always look at a new year as a new beginning and a new hope. And we have all the hope in the world if we're trusting in God. Um, we won't find any kind of hope in this world among people because people are corruptible and, and they fail. Um, this year is an election year where we're looking to put new people into our government and we're hoping that that's going to fix everything and uh... you know i don't know 
And, and because we're in an election year, I, I'm beginning to think that um, we might even uh, face uh, 2020 all over again. You know what a year that was, um, you know, between uh, having um, uh, the coup, I call it sometimes, <laughs> and, and also um, how they shut down everything and then um, uh, began uh, destroying cities and those kinds of things because uh, out of anger and rage, um, you know, we're, we're facing that same situation again, I think, in 2024. We need to have our hearts ready and, and realize that we have great strength in God and not to fear but, but, and, and not to falter, but to put our trust, our full trust in God. God is the only one who can save us. God is the only one who can help us. Now, Israel was going uh, through a, a situation here uh, where um, they had just seen the Assyrian army come and take out the northern kingdom. Um, and and the, the two kingdoms had split at this time. Ephraim, or Israel, was the kingdom to the north. And Judah was the kingdom to the south. And the Assyrians had already taken out the northern kingdom. And uh, there was a lot of fear among, among uh, Judah. And Isaiah himself was telling them, Because of your sins and your rejection of God's covenant, um, that there, there's destruction coming for Israel. And you're going to go into exile for a time. But after that exile, God is going to restore you. Now, the first, we were talking about how Isaiah is split up here. The, the first uh, 39 chapters um, is all about God's judgment on Israel and on the nations for their sin. He does throw in some hope there that, that uh, they would be restored after God's judgment. But the judgment was coming as, as sure as, as the dawn was coming. God, God was going to punish people for it because of their sins. But the second half... Of, of Isaiah from 40 on is all, it, it focuses on God's hope of restoration especially through the Messiah that was to come and so Isaiah 40 begins with these words after all this judgment after all this this tragedy that was going on and and, and the people were, were, were afraid of these words he starts off chapter 40 by saying comfort comfort my people says your God speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the hand of the Lord's hand double for her sins. In other words, God is saying, I'm about to give you some hope. Your, your punishment has ended, and now your sins have been purged, and you have been forgiven, and now it's time for some new hope. And the people here at the end of chapter 40... Um, at least in Isaiah's mind, he says the people have, have an objection. And their objection is God doesn't hear us. God doesn't see us. It says, my way is hidden from the Lord. My right is disregarded by my God. There are a lot of people today who, who um, can't see their way past the suffering that they're going on. Um, that, that's going on in their lives right now. And they may say, My, you know, God doesn't see me. God, God doesn't hear me. God, God is not seeking justice for me. You know, I, I can't see God. And, and, and I can't see Him working. All there is is, is the problems and, and the grief that, that I'm going through right now. The, the trouble and the strife that I'm going through, it's too much. And, and the things that, that, that I've gone through this past year have been, have been burdensome for me. 
Whether it was a sickness, whether it was a loss, whether it was you know, some physical pain we're going through or an emotional pain we're going through, sometimes we think, God, my way is hidden before you. And my right is being disregarded. Lots of people today are looking for justice for, for things that were done against them. That, that, that their rights are being violated. Uh, and, I, and I see this happening more and more as our government becomes more and more corrupt. The courts become more and more corrupt. And, and a lot of people, I think, here are, are you know, unfortunately going to jail for, for wrong reasons. There are some that, that uh, have, have done wicked crimes that, that, that are uh, being released. And, and those who do uh, seemingly uh, benign, benign things are, are being arrested just because they had a, a political grievance um, you know, with, with uh, the government or the state or whatever it may be. A lot of things are being turned upside down. A lot of people um, are, 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 are feeling oppression because um, they, they, they've lost their home because you know, the bank foreclosed on them, that the economy is, is getting bad. Some people are trying to find jobs and can't. Some people are losing jobs left and right. I don't know if you've seen what's happening in the tech industry lately. But a lot of people are, are losing their jobs um, to, uh, to all, the, all the cuts that are happening. I, I think what happened is back in 2020, these guys were banking on, you know, people are going to be online in their homes for, for a long time to come. They're not going to be out, you know, do, doing jobs elsewhere, meeting with people, those kinds of things. They're going to be locked down in their homes. And so what we can do is um, put all this investment into Internet and, and, and into streaming and all this stuff and now what we've had is this big bubble so that so the whole tech industry is going through a crisis right now people losing their jobs some of it has to do with this AI stuff and I don't worry about AI it's just another tool another thing that happens artificial intelligence but but people are, are really losing their jobs and, and it's sad to see this uh, I mean I think we forget that at the beginning of last year there, there were a lot of of these big banks that, that were collapsing. And, you know, uh, lots, of, lots of people um, are, are going through a tough time, and, and I think, you know, what, what, what you know, um, it's easy to happen is that we become separated from, from each other and isolated, thinking that um, I'm, I'm going through this on my own and nobody understands me. Or we're um, looking at it from another angle, you know, um, you know, uh, I just don't, I, I don't know if I can make it out of this. I can't see my way out, out of the problem that I'm going through. But Isaiah says these words, Have you not heard? Have you not known? The eternal God, the creator of the ends of the earth, He does not grow weary. He does not faint or grow weary. His, understand, his understanding is unsearchable. In other words, God is the eternal creator of the universe. He is in charge of it all. He made it all. He made time and space. Yes, the world has fallen away from God and it is corrupt. And God has allowed it to go its own way for a while. But it does not mean that God is not involved in His world. God loves His people. And if we, and if we go through suffering in this life, we should look at it as... God, an opportunity um, for us to test our faith in God 
and, 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 and to, to turn towards Him because He is the eternal Creator who made all things. And He, he knows us. He knows us even better than we do ourselves because He made us. He knows that we are sinful and weak creatures and that we are dependent upon Him. But the good news is, is that God is and was and is to come. He is the eternal God, the Creator, the source of life. Not only does His name mean I am or I exist, <laughs> He is the source of all life and the source of all existence. And, and being God, the, the eternal Creator, He is also the all-powerful God who by His Word spoke the world into existence and also by His Word sustains this world. And because God is eternal, He has eternal power. He has endless strength. And therefore, He never falters or fails or grows weary. God causes the sun to come up every morning and go down every night consistently for However, thousands of years the earth has existed. Some people say millions. I say maybe. I don't know. But definitely the thousands of, of years that, that humanity has been on this earth. God has caused the sun to rise and, 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 and the sun to fall at night and then the moon to rise and, and to fall at night and the sun comes up the next morning and it goes like clockwork all the time. God causes those things to happen. He sustains this world by the word of His power. And even more importantly than the fact that He is the, in, the um, eternal Creator, and even more important of the, uh, the fact that He is um, inexhaustibly God, <laughs> it says also that His love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 136. And you can go and read that whole psalm if you want to. And people tell me all the time, I don't like repetition in my music. Well, read Psalm 136 and you'll see some repetition. It says this, Psalm 136, verse 23. It is He who remembered us in our lowest state, for His steadfast love endures forever. And He rescued us from our foes. For His steadfast love endures forever. Who gives us food to all flesh. For His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. For His steadfast love endures forever. God's eternal nature means that His love endures as well. And His love is focused on those that He has created us. And so because God is that all-eternal, all-sustaining, all, um, all-loving God, we can put our faith and trust in Him that He will do what He has promised to do for us, especially all of us who are the households of faith. God gives His strength to those who are failing. This eternal God that has eternal, endless strength that doesn't grow faint or, go, or grow weary. He gives strength to us who are failing so that we do not have to, to, to fail and, and, and be weary. We can put our faith and trust in Him. 
Look what he says here in verse 29 of chapter Isaiah chapter 40. He gives power to the faint and to him who has um, no might. He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exalted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God gives power to those who turn to Him in faith and trust in Him and ask Him for that power. Because it does take faith. It does take our hearts turning towards Him. But God is the source of inexhaustible power and is ready and willing to give those, that power to those who trust in Him. God does not faint or grow weary. We do not have to faint and grow weary. Because God is the God who, whose love endures forever and who is ready and willing through His grace to give us power. And we know that God loves His people. We know that God does love us. We know that He loved us enough to save us from our sins even when we had turned from Him and rejected Him. That's love. God is the God of the universe. That being the Creator, He has the divine right to be in charge of all things and thus has the right to set up um, His judgment seat and, and therefore has the right to judge us for our sins and those who sinfully reject Him, God has the divine right to uh, condemn them to a, a, a complete separation from Him, but He doesn't do it. Why? Because of His love. God loves the world and He wants to see all saved. He wants to see all come to Him. In fact, He wants to save the world so badly that He Himself sent His Son, Jesus Christ, and Christ, who is also the eternal God, very willingly did this. He was co-equal and co-eternal with God in power. Jesus chose to do this, to come down, take on human flesh, dwell among us, live as one of us, suffer as one of us, to be destroyed at the hands of other evil people, and, and to do that for our sins because by evil people laying their hands on Jesus Christ, even if it was with fists and with whips, Jesus took on all that punishment onto Himself, all that wickedness, all that sin onto Himself, and then died as a sin sacrifice for us. But He didn't stay dead, of course, because, again, He is the eternal God, the Creator. He, he, he was dead for three days and then rose again on that third day. And now lives eternally along with God the Father. He is at the throne today interceding for us. Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, is there interceding for us right now. And He has sent His Holy Spirit to us to be the one who comforts us and gives us God's strength even now. Those who believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, do have not only a, a great help from, from heaven from God, but God has His own presences with us. And I hope you understand that today. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you've accepted Him and you've repented of your sins and turned to Him in faith, knowing that He suffered and died to save us from our sins, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not just talking about charismatic, jumping up and down, 
um, you know, all those kinds of things. That's, that, that's only part of what the Spirit can do if He so wills to do it. But the Spirit is God's own presence with you to give you strength, to give you help, and to give you hope. And if we are willing to tap into that, God is willing to pour that out upon us if we but trust in Him. I've been down this year. You've been down this year. For, what, for whatever various reasons. You know, human life is, is an ebb and flow of ups and downs. But God is always the constant. He's often called the anchor that holds us. As, as a ship being tossed on life's seas. God is, is a constant. God, God, is, God does have passion and compassion for the world. And, sometimes, and His compassion causes Him to do things, but God's character is unchanging. And it always will be. And if we but look to Him, He can be a source of constant joy even in the hardest of times, even in the hardest of situations. And more importantly, He's promised to be there with us. I mean, and God already knows what it's like to be us. And He fully identified with us so that we can understand Him a little bit better. He came to earth as a human being to reveal Himself and also so that um, you know, we could um, better understand Him because He went through the same suffering that we did. Some people will say that God did not understand what it meant to suffer until He became a human. I disagree with that. We had to know that God loved us enough to suffer just as we did. It's, it, it's about us understanding God and, and relating to Him. Not about God having to relate to us. He already knew what suffering was like. He already knew uh, what, what human suffering is. But God took on human flesh so that we could see Him, better understand Him, and know that, hey, He suffered too, just like one of us. He's fully identified with us, and therefore we can trust in Him. And not only that, you know, He suffered as one of us, but now He has divine power to help us. I remember this story long ago. And uh, it came to my mind, you know, just now, and, and I almost forgotten about it, but it's a good story. You know, uh, it was told in one of the kids' quarterlies we had a few years back that, um, you know, there was a, a student that got in trouble um, in class for um, pulling a girl's hair, and he had done this quite a bit. And uh, so um, this time he had a trip to the principal's office. And this was the first time he'd ever had, had been in that kind of trouble. And so, you know, uh, being in front of that principal meant that he was probably going to face some, uh, you know, after school activities or some sort of punishment. And, and, and he thought, then again, if that happens, I'm going to hear from my parents too. And, and, and I'm going to be in trouble with them as well. You know, kids don't think about getting into trouble when, when they're doing it. <laughs> But the teacher said, look, I've been where you are. I, I, I've caused problems too sometimes. I see that you are scared. He says, I will go with you and, 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 and when you go into the principal's office and, and, and I'll talk to the principal and, and make sure that you know, you've got somebody that's, that's kind of standing up for you. Even though what you did was wrong. I'll go in and stand up for you and, and, and kind of just, you know, this, this isn't, you know, um, something I want you to get a whole lot of trouble over. And so, you know, that's, 
That, that's exactly what, what Jesus is. He is our advocate before, before God. God is not an evil person. God is going to do what is right and what is just. But Jesus is our advocate who, who knows what it's like to be us, yet was without sin, and yet He has the divine power to help us. And that's how, that's how Jesus is. That's how God is. Jesus would not love us if it hadn't been God the Father loving us. The Spirit wouldn't love us if it hadn't been for the, the God the Father also loving us. I mean, the, 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 all, the, their love is co-equal and co-eternal just like, um, you know, um, the, their existence is co-eternal. In fact, John the Apostle says God is love. How is he able to say that? Because God exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They exist as a three-in-one, a community. God loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. Uh, the Son loves the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Son. Uh, the Father loves the Spirit, and the Spirit loves the Father. And, and uh, you know, all of that is that God exists as love. And so He has a great love for us. So we have all the reason to turn to Him when, when, we're, when we're struggling. We have all the reason to, to pray and to look to Him when, when we need help. And God has also given us another gift besides just His presence. Of course, His presence is, is awesome. But He's also given us a church, a community. Jesus Christ created the church, capital C. We're a local branch of the church here. But we are gathered together as, as fellow believers in the same area with, with a common culture, common interests, those kinds of things. We, we can come, come together and help each other out in, the, in these tough times. Being independent is, is okay, but I like what Stephen Covey says in his Habits of Seven Highly Effective People. He says that, that a mature person moves from dependence to independence, but then to interdependence. <laughs> if you're trying to live um, um, as, as an individual and, and as an island without looking to other people for help and for guidance and for strength. People that, that God may have put into your lives to, to help you. Um, then, then you're going to find yourself drifting away from Him. And you're going to find yourself isolated. And you're going to be the one who, uh, who says at the beginning like, like it says here, My way is hidden from the Lord. And the more that we are isolated from each other, the more the enemy can pick us off one by one. And, and, and the more that we, we feel alone. I, I think sometimes um, people who want to, to control us, you know, whoever they may be, whatever authoritarians on this earth that want to control us, try to keep us purposely separated. They give us the lie of, this, the, of independence. That, that I could be on my own and I'll be just fine. God wants us to be interdependent. So I would say that one of the things that we need to do, if, if we're um, relying on God and, and we're turning to Him, is, is to be willing to turn to other people and ask them to pray with us and help. But I would also say that, first of all, if, we, if, if we're struggling in this life and we haven't given our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, we need a conversion experience. And we need to be seeking Jesus for His salvation first and foremost. If you haven't done that, then you need to do it because it's, it's that first step of salvation, that first step 
of conversion, that first step of turning our lives over to Jesus that, that helps us to receive that special help and attention from God. If we're off on our own, living our own, own lives as we wish, a sinful life, doing what we want to do, then, then, then um, you know, why would God be concerned about you know, trying to help that person? God, God is a gentleman. I'm not saying God isn't concerned. That was a bad choice of words. I'm saying that God cannot help a person who refuses to turn to Him. <laughs> now God sustains the world. God reaches out. I think He uses the Spirit to draw and convict people. He does. But that person cannot experience the love and help of God until they've come to Him. Until they've turned away from their path and come to Him. That person can't experience it. God can love them, as, you know, and He will love them. But, it, but it's always at a distance because that person won't come to Him. And when we turn to Him, first and foremost, for the forgiveness of our sins, we become the special object of His care. And secondly, it, it involves not only that conversion and salvation, it involves a surrender of our hearts to God, fully obeying Him, agreeing with Him, that He is right and I am wrong, and I will follow His ways. I will learn His ways from His Word. I'll learn His ways from the Spirit. I'll learn His ways from other believers. I will fully surrender myself to God's Spirit and allow Him to teach me. And then, I would say it takes daily seeking God. And the way we seek God is, is through prayer and reading His Word. And not just reading that Word and, and going off and, and, and not thinking about it, but meditating on God's Word. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the, in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates on God's law day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and his leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Those who meditate on God's word day and night will find themselves at, as, as strong as a tree by, by a riverbank. <laughs> Daily seeking God. Even when times are good, we should be seeking God. And that way, when the bad times do come, we'll, we'll be prepared to trust in Him and believe in Him for His help. Because all this is about faith. All this is about trusting in God. All of it is about turning things over to Him. And when we do that, we'll find out, and I'm 100% assured of this, that our lives will be happier, will be more fulfilled. It's all about giving ourselves to Him. When we do that truthfully and willfully and, and uh, delightfully, joyously, God promises to help us in the bad times. And we can look for Him for that new strength. And especially this new year coming up, God, God is ready to help you through this year to make it through whatever troubles and trials you may be going through. Let's stand.